book of Jude, if you would. The book of Jude. I want to preach on everybody's favorite sin. We all deal with this. We all struggle with this. We all have to face this and work it through. Every single one of us. What is that sin? Doubt. Oh, you thought I was going to preach on dope and booze and immorality. No, 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 no. Amen. I'm talking about something that impacts all of our lives. We're so full of doubt. We doubt the Lord. We doubt his word and his promises, and we struggle in this area. So I want to help your understanding and uh, uh, hopefully be a blessing this morning. Uh, amen. Uh, and uh, deal with this uh, issue of doubt. Jude, verse 9, if you'd look there with me, yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed over the body of Moses, dared not bring anything against him, a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil, whatever they do not know. And whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, and the things they corrupt themselves. In these things they corrupt themselves. So let me talk to you about faith, because this will help us. And the battle that rages oftentimes. God is a triune God. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Mankind is a triune being. Body, soul, and spirit. We are made up of three parts. In First Corinthians or First Thessalonians chapter five, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so throughout Scripture, we are reminded of our makeup. Our spirit is who we are. Pastor Mitchell would oftentimes describe our spirit or say that we are spiritual beings animated through a physical body. This is what will live on in eternity. Our soul is our mind and our intellect. We're talking about something very complex. Mankind is the most advanced intelligence known in the universe. And then there's our body, the physical part of us. Sight and touch and taste and smell and our hearing. And so there's two areas, amen, that we primarily function in. Body, our senses, and our soul, our minds, our thoughts, our imaginations, uh, our emotions. And so the spiritual is very active. 
but it is dead oftentimes as the Bible defines it and never understood, never recognized until we come to a place of salvation. Until we're powerfully and wonderfully saved. In Ephesians chapter 2, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you walked once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So the text, the scripture tells us uh, we were dead in our sin. Spiritually, we were dead. You may have been alive. You may have had all your sins. You may be operating, uh, amen, at full capacity, but spiritually, you were dead. In salvation, in being born again, we come alive spiritually. God is spirit. Faith is a battle. Not really whether he exists or not, but where is our confidence in our Lord and Savior when we face challenges in our lives. In 1 Peter chapter 1, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. So faith at work in our lives finds expression in our love, our willingness to follow and obey, even though we don't see him. Even though he remains invisible to you and I, we live by faith and not by sight. Now, this is easier at certain times in light of other things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord for we walk by faith and not by sight. So we walk by faith, by confidence in who God is and what God is able to do. We're not going to rely on our five senses or what we necessarily understand or don't understand. We put our faith in our Lord and Savior. Amen. We live by faith and we do not live by that which is temporary. So one of the great things about getting saved is now we have faith in the true and living God. Now, I'm not talking about mega faith. If you're into TV preachers and TV uh, uh, programming, uh, amen, and walking on water and uh, amen, uh, sending uh, amen in the heaven, I think you're missing it. And you're going to struggle. The book... The Bible is an honest book. 
And in the Bible, we find great insight in the stories and the individuals that wrestled with faith. Go back to the garden. Go back, amen, to the lives of Adam and Eve and the shifty, crafty presentation of the devil, the serpent. And the battle they fought, uh, coming to a place where they doubted the goodness of God. And the devil said in Genesis 3, verse 5, uh, For God knows uh, that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the devil had been successful in planting seeds of doubt. And we know they partook. And we know, amen, the fallout and the devastation. Amen. And it all goes back to doubting the goodness of God and all that God had for them and for mankind. Abraham. Abraham is the father of the faith. He wrestles with doubt in chapter 17 of the book of Genesis. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, said in his heart, will a child be born to a man that's 100 years old? And will his wife Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? <laughs> that's crazy. We know that they battled, uh, amen, uh, faith, uh, amen, taking God at his word, uh, believing his promise for a son. A lot of factors played into it. And we know that Abraham uh, took matters into his own hand. He couldn't see God working and moving, uh, amen. Uh, he took Hagar, had a child, uh, amen. Ultimately, uh, they worked things through, uh, amen, uh, and, uh, and, and had Isaac, uh, who would become the heir, uh, and, uh, amen, carried the torch, but the battle of faith, Taking God at his word, believing that he has your best interest upon his heart, that was a challenge. Moses. Moses is God's deliverer for the children of Israel. He is the author of the law inspired by God, and yet he has doubts. In Exodus chapter 4, then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. He's filled with self-doubt. He's questioning God's calling. Who am I? Amen. Who are you? How in the world can I listen and embrace this that you've called me to? He's filled with doubt. Children of Israel, Numbers chapter 14, then all the congregation raised a loud voice and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or 
Would that we would have died in this wilderness. You know, here for centuries they had lived in slavery, held in bondage, kept from all that God would have for them, and yet God moves, amen, orchestrates the ten plagues that literally break the back and break the uh, uh, spirit of Pharaoh, and he's, all right, I'm done with this, Go your way. Amen. They're released into the wilderness. God moves miraculously. Amen. They come up against the Red Sea. The Red Sea parts and dries out the base of the Red Sea so they can cross safely and soundly. And then when the Egyptians try to do that, amen, the sea comes crashing in and they're, uh, amen, (laughs) destroyed. Incredible miracles, the preservation of God's salvation, amen, and yet I wish we had never gotten saved, wish we never have gotten delivered, wish we never came this way. Doubt, Gideon, it's called the judge. The Bible tells us in Judges chapter 6, amen, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why have all these things happened to us? Isn't that what we say? Lord, if you're with me, why are these things happening? Why is this going on? Where are all of his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? And now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the land of the Midians. So they're facing hardship. They're facing challenges. They're facing difficulties. Amen. They know the promises of God, but they doubt that God could move as he has always been moving and has moved in the past. Gideon is the one that would take the wool fleece and put it out uh, and say, okay, uh, Lord, if this be you, may the fleece be wet and the ground be dry. So God does that. All right, let's do this again. May the fleece be dry and the ground wet. It's like we can never, amen, get past our doubts. And we see countless examples, uh, amen, uh, of uh, precious believers that lose their confidence in God and uh, ultimately, uh, amen, give in to doubt. The disciples uh, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? You probably could put it this way. Oh, ye of more doubt than faith. Faith is a battle. In John chapter 20, verse 29, Jesus said unto him, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. In other words, Thomas finally catches a revelation, my God and my Lord, and yet, amen, he puts greater emphasis upon those that have not seen yet believed. In Matthew 28, verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. 
So Jesus has uh, kicked in the doors, uh, walked out of the grave, uh, amen, and now he's showing himself, uh, amen, to uh, his disciples. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, here, look at the nail prints, uh, amen, look at the wound in my side. <laughs> it's me, I'm risen from the dead, and some doubted. It's very interesting when you do the tour of Israel, uh, the closing, uh, the day before you leave, oftentimes that's where they take you to, amen, uh, the garden tomb. And this is, uh, amen, a archaeological discovery from 1918, amen, uh, General Gordon, a British ship, amen, uh, uh, general that was serving there in Israel, and he was a student of the scripture, and he, and, and, where they had uh, designated uh, the tomb, uh, he said, no, that's not right. And he began to uh, retrace uh, history and put things in place and, uh, and uh, found the garden tomb. It's amazing. And it's inspiring to know that here, amen, Jesus was uh, crucified, buried, and yet today the tomb remains empty. For 2,000 years. I doubt it. But that's the way we are. Because it's a fight, it's a battle, and doubt is still an issue today. Hard for people to just simply settle their faith uh, in God. But see, God addresses this, He's not surprised. Oh, yeah, those believers in 2021, yeah, they're going to be as fit as a fiddle, amen. They're going to walk on water. They're going to, amen, cast out doubt, and they're, oh, they're going to be full of faith. <laughs> not so. He knows. He knows. He's not shocked by this. He knows that we're dealing with this. And that's why Oftentimes, as you read the scriptures, uh, as you read his encounters with the precious people, uh, amen, in the first century, he's always encouraging faith. Faith. His word is a source of hope. The closing verse of the gospel of John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Miracles, gifts, manifestations of God, amen, causing him to be seen and experienced. And he always deals with us graciously. You look at the way he dealt with doubting Thomas. Amen. You should be encouraged. Amen. Amen. It's his grace that oftentimes leads us to faith and confidence and trust. He's not one to get out the whip. Amen. And force the issue and drive us to a place of faith. So let me, let me challenge your thinking. Amen when it comes to you and I drifting from faith. See, faith is a battle. 
Life has its challenges and its battles. And in light of that, oftentimes, our decisions, and especially our doubts, come from the natural elements that we face, what we can see, what we can touch, taste, feel, amen. It's in a secular setting. It's in the flesh. Abraham and Sarah are promised a child in their old age. And yet their thinking is, is no one has children at the age of 190. It's just impossible. They're thinking in the natural. How did the children of Israel walk out of centuries of slavery? It certainly wasn't that Pharaoh let them go. And people just simply don't walk out of the grave. See, oftentimes God is invisible in more ways than one because of sin and unbelief. See, we are created for a relationship with God. In the very beginning, the Bible tells us, amen, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That ongoing, intimate, personal relationship with God Almighty So they could connect with God and know God and hear God and be led by God and helped by God, amen, and empowered by God. Day in and day out, month after month, year after year, this was intended to go on infinitesimally. Back in the book of Genesis, we read, amen, they lived for a long time. Methuselah, 900 and some years, and amen, even Noah and others lived for a long time. In Jeremiah 29, verse 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So this is God's intentions from the beginning, an ongoing relationship that you and I would have for him, with him, and it builds our faith, encourages us, and gives us the confidence to face the challenges in life. But oftentimes we... We sway from that. We drift from that. We move away from that. Jude gives us an excellent understanding of what's happening when we drift into doubt. In verse 10, these speak evil of whatever they do not know and whatever they know naturally, like brute beast, and those things they corrupt themselves. See, drift, drifting from faith happens when you and I begin to speak against what we do not understand. And when we begin to focus on what we know naturally, 
we lean on human instinct and human intellect. And Jude calls this an animal. In Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. See, again, we are created to live with God. This was his original design, his original purpose. This is why you and I, when we're saved, we become alive in Christ. And we now fulfill his will and his plan. Amen. We have an ongoing relationship with him. We begin to drift when we think we know better than God. When we think God doesn't know what he's doing. That faith is old-fashioned and even primitive or mystical or weak. And Jude, amen, puts it in the setting of our lower sinful nature when he makes reference to being animal-like. Those that speak evil of whatever they do not know and whatever they do know naturally like brute beasts or animals, in those things they corrupt themselves. So what doubt does is it changes your speech. No longer is it about the impact that faith in Christ has in your life. You bring it down to a far lower level. You're like the children of Israel that spied out the land. And the majority of the spies returned and said, whoa, what are we doing? What are you thinking, Moses? We, <laughs> there, are la there are giants, amen. There are monsters. There are huge beasts. No way could this be the will of God. Never mind that. Amen. Uh, uh, two of the spies came back and said, whoa, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. And it caused an entire nation of people to perish in the wilderness because they had drifted into doubt. Things they said, it, not only that, but it changes our focus. Because now we're just simply, amen, uh, uh, concentrating on what we know naturally. We don't understand it. You can't explain faith. You can't explain the supernatural other than it's God. But our focus has changed. In 2 Kings 6, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? The man was focusing upon what he saw. A great army, chariots, were surrounded, were doomed. And 
And yet the master would say or answer, amen, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. See, Elijah's focus was different. It was on God and his faithfulness and his goodness and his ability to bring victory. And the Bible says, Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. See, it was his faith that changed his focus, what he saw. And he rose above doubt. But I'll tell you what, doubt changes your speech and it changes your focus. And ultimately, doubt corrupts. The word corrupt brings the idea of withering or shriveling up. You know, doubt is aggressive. It's nasty. It is a take-all. See, the natural man cannot understand the things of God. In Romans 8, verses 5 and 6, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> set their minds upon the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. The blessing of God. And we have to deal with the doubts that arise, amen, in our lives. They have to be judged. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, we are destroying speculations and every high lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It's a battle in the mind. And you have to set your mind upon the things of God. So let me challenge your thinking. How do we set or fix or anchor our lives to faith? In verse 9, yet Michael the archangel in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the holy, or when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, "The Lord rebuke you." You know, Michael's not arguing with the devil. He's not having this ongoing, uh, amen, uh, uh, discussion. He's not responding to every lie and every accusation, amen. Even the authority simply, amen, recognizes who God is and in turn, amen, I rebuke you. The Lord rebukes you. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, 
it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and must believe that he rewards those that seek him. Looking to God, the author and the finisher of our faith, drawing near, and he in turn will draw near to us. Not in doubt, not in apprehension, but in faith and in confidence as to who God is and not who we are. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, when it comes to the challenges in life, we have to see beyond the immediate. We have to basically see into the future. What we face today is temporary. It's passing. But God is eternal. And when we fix our minds, uh, put our confidence and our faith in Jesus, uh, amen, uh, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, you and I are locked into his authority and our faith is anchored no matter what we face no matter what the struggles might be jesus has the authority over it you know your problems and your challenges ought to push you and even force you closer to the lord not drive a wedge between you and your savior We ought to draw closer because he's the one that can really help us. When it comes to nature, amen, the Bible says that while he was in the boat and amen, the seas are in chaos, he quiets the storm. The Bible tells us he made the sun stand still. He sent a wind to part the Red Sea. He put the animals on the ark. You try doing that. How did he do that? Well, that's because of who he is. Sickness, healing. The Bible tells us, amen, he healed leprosy, uh, amen, blindness, uh, deafness, uh, amen, uh, the cripple, uh, amen. Uh, he, even, he, <laughs> he even brought the dead out of the grave. He broke demonic powers. He influenced and impacted nations and kings and pharaohs. The Bible says he owns, uh, amen, the cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver and the gold that's his. In Isaiah 55, verse 8, 
My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your, are, are, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, our challenge is where are we going to look for help? Where are we going to turn? One of the advantages of being a long-time believer in Jesus Christ is you have that working experience in your life that when something arises, where do you turn? You turn to the Lord. And you continue to turn to the Lord. Year in and year out, decade after decade, amen, you're turning to the Lord because, amen, as he has performed in the past, he will in the future. Your confidence and your trust is in him. Amen. You build faith. Faith in who God is and what God can do. And the challenge this evening when we, amen, are confronted with doubt in any form, shape, or matter, amen, the challenge isn't to, to give in to those doubts. Well, I doubt if God could ever do anything in my life. Wrong. I'm going to stick around long enough to see what God actually does do. Instead of short-circuiting, amen, what God could or would do, I'm going to stick around. I want to see, because oftentimes, amen, there's more to the equation. He might work today. He might work something else next week, next month. There might be years that pass, and lo and behold, God moves. Because with God, it's not a simple yes and no answer. And it's not just, okay, crisis management. I'm going to take care of the issue today. <sighs> Man, these people, they're so demanding and they're so needy. No, 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 no. He's thinking down the road and he's looking, amen, in light of the challenges that you and I face, that we would rise up and recognize, amen, he's taking me somewhere. The children of Israel, God's objective wasn't simply to get them out of Egypt, but he wanted to bring them into the promised land. That was his desire in light of everything that transpired. I'm taking you somewhere. And our challenge this morning, in light of all that we face, amen, is not to fall prey to doubt. Makes for a nice excuse. I tried, yeah, but nothing worked out. And I doubt that God is real. And, and you have all, you know, all your excuses and your explanations. Uh, amen. Uh, but to no avail. We are people that believe. We pray. We live our lives knowing that you know what? The answer is coming. The answer is coming. Whatever the challenge may be in my life, the answer is coming. And thank God for the immediate answer. Boom. You got that raise at work. You went to work on Monday. You go to work on uh, tomorrow morning. You go to work and boom, you got your big raise. You got your promotion. Thank God for that. But that's not always the case. 
Thank God, amen, that you and I can be healed in a moment of time. Thank God that things can work through and work out, uh, home and family, raising children, but it's not always immediate. Uh, oftentimes, it's a continuation of God can, moving in your life and in your circumstances. And what a joy simply to put our faith and our confidence in who God is and what God says. Instead of giving it a doubt, and every time, amen, I doubt it, I doubt it. I mean, it's like a broken record. You wouldn't even make the top 40 with that song. We serve a good God. And he addresses this issue for us. Throughout scripture, he's dealing with his people He's dealing with believers, the challenges they face, the temptation to doubt God. And he's constantly challenging us uh, as how, in light of how things worked out, both good and bad. And it's a joy this morning, amen, uh, to win in this battlefield. I'm going to strive, amen, to put my faith and my confidence in God and all that God does day in and day out, week after week, year after year, is building faith and confidence in my life because there's more to come. And we have a wonderful future ahead of us because we can win on this battlefield and, uh, amen, rise above fear, doubt, apprehension, amen, and put our faith and our confidence in Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead, who ascended into heaven, who is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, who is constantly making intercession and ministering to the needs of people. May we set our eyes and our hearts upon Jesus this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Probably of all the experiences,